Welcome to The Proletarian Contrarian, the podcast where we reevaluate bad films through a leftist perspective. I'm Nick. And I'm Lewis. LOL. OMG. <laughs> we, um, we picked a, a really weird one for, for you today to, to listen to us talk about. We picked the Emoji Movie. Hell yeah, folks. This is our first animated film. Uh, not Damn, our last animated film. No. By no, any no. means. Get used to it, folks. That's the whole podcast from here on out. We're only going to do animated <laughs> films. Just shitty, weird, misaimed animated films. Boss Baby. All of the Ice Age films. <laughs> yes. One of the infinite sequels to Land Before Time. Yeah, the one with aliens especially. Oh, hell yeah. Um, but today we are talking about the Emoji Movie, uh, which came out in 2017 and kind of became a meme like a like a joke in its own right yeah I, I think especially on social media twitter and facebook i remember just seeing a shit ton of memes even when this film was just in pre-production before there was even a script when you know sony uh was just optioning the idea mm-hmm. uh, of of making an emoji film uh people were just like oh that's the end that's the end of cinema right here you know <laughs> total cash grab yada yada and um, in, in keeping with our with our titular attitude, um, that that kind of dismissal, like immediate knee jerk dismissal, really pisses me off. Um, not not to go completely contrarian and like defend the emoji movie against against all comers and against any and all criticism, but um, j- just to dismiss something on the on the face of it, just because like just based on what the conceit is, that's that's pretty close minded, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, it's it's a similar attitude to when all the, like, board game movies were being uh, optioned, yes. you know. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe one day we'll do an episode for Battleship. I mean, that was, mm-hmm. you know, a total bust. But uh, I'm not against the idea of making mm-hmm. a Battleship movie. I'm not against the idea of making a Candyland movie or Monopoly even, although that movie I'm sure would just be uber pro-capitalism. If the Monopoly movie is like a straight up tragedy, that would be the way to do it. <laughs> if it was a period piece as well, like yeah. <laughs> like before the like pre Sherman Antitrust Act, uh, America, yeah. And um, there there is always the the greatest example of a good board game uh, movie, Clue, which um yeah which is pretty damn good and holds up as as far as far as I'm aware. Yeah, definitely. Um, so back to the Emoji movie. Uh, (laughs) so we follow the character of gene he's the meh emoji uh he's a long lineage of meh emojis uh in Mm -hmm. in textopolis which is the uh, emoji app world you can only be one emotion per emoji Mm -hmm. uh unfortunately for gene uh you know he has numerous emotions yeah gene has trouble staying in his lane he has trouble um fulfilling his very rigidly defined role in the emoji hierarchy and gene is played by sex pest tj miller Mm -hmm. uh and i forgot a lot about like tj miller and how terrible he was but there was like some weird bomb threat thing he did too oh my god yeah and that was that was like after it came out that he was a sex pest Mm -hmm. i think it was like yeah in 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 direct correlation to that yeah seems like just an awful human being but he plays gene the met emoji uh and i think this was like after even all the allegations uh, or maybe simultaneously i don't remember exactly Uh, who who gives gives a shit he sucks who gives a shit fuck tj miller uh james corden plays the high five emoji 
Anna mm-hmm. Ferris plays the hacker emoji, jailbreak. jailbreak. Uh, my Rudolph plays the smiley emoji. Uh, Steve Wright and Jennifer Coolidge play Gene's parents, the other meh emojis. And uh, the star of the show, Patrick Stewart, plays the poop emoji. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, there, there's some inspired casting in this. Uh, Stephen Wright as Mr. Meh is, is fun. Um, Patrick Stewart as poop emoji is a little obvious, but it the jokes work. The voice works, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, Jennifer Coolidge and, and Stephen Wright are great casting. Um, mm-hmm. When I was in college, I worked at a movie theater that Stephen Wright would frequent a lot. Yes. Um, yes. And uh, I sold him a hot dog once. Uh, it was a, a hot dog that you just put in the microwave and hit the hot dog setting. And I think uh, maybe it would actually be in there for 40 seconds. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he loved him. He ordered him every time he came. And Hell yeah. uh, he wore gardening gloves a lot. I think um, in the show notes, we should put an emoji of you handing a hot dog emoji to the <laughs> meh emoji. <laughs> Passing on the torch. Um, I also uh, went to a talk with Jennifer Coolidge. She went to oh, the college that uh, Nick and I went to, which gives away too much information about who we are. But yeah, whatever. Who cares? Who cares? Uh, You'll figure I- it out eventually. Actually, I one time uh, challenged TJ Miller to a fist fight, but he chickened out. So, yeah, that's yeah, too bad. It is. Uh, we did find an interesting review here uh, from David Ehrlich of IndieWire. Uh, David writes, "The Emoji Movie might seem like a brazenly cynical cash grab that only exists because a Hollywood studio saw an opportunity to brand the most universal human language since the invention of math." Apologies to Esperanto. But Sony Pictures Animation's big new blockbuster has represented something very positive since the start of the summer movie season, hope. Specifically, the hope that, for 90 beautiful minutes, Hollywood would spirit us away to a cinematic world that was somehow actually worse than real life. <laughs> um, I kind of halfway agree with that. Yeah, I mean, I picked this review for multiple reasons. One, because I think it's a perfect encapsulation of the glibness of which everybody discusses this film. Uh, almost every review I found was glib, uh, was sure. just really dismissive of the idea of this movie. I, I don't think there was a single reviewer who actually gave this thing its fair shake. Did Armand White like it? You know what? I couldn't, I didn't find a review. I mm. didn't even look for one, unfortunately. That's, wow. that's Sen- my, yeah. Censorship of a brave conservative voice. <laughs> I promise next time, folks, I will always check if there's an Armand White review, and if not, I will go at some other schlub. This this does touch on that that glibness, um, but it, the reason I said like I halfway agree with this because like he almost gets it. Like I'm not I'm not gonna say like every film review or every film reviewer like it's a conspiracy to hate the Emoji Movie, but um, no, it is. I'm saying that. Okay, yeah, I, I agree. With that. <laughs> um, but like at least Ehrlich says that there is some kind of creative spark in this movie he cops to that there there is like this is not a complete what do you call it just like like boilerplate like slapdash nothing there there is at least some kind of um I I don't want to say like artistic vision but there there is some kind of like clever conceit at play yeah I guess he might agree with you there 
Um, let's go on to another portion of his review, which might undermine everything you just said, unfortunately. Oh, okay, so uh, fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> Ehrlich continues with, make no mistake, the Emoji movie is very, very, very bad. <laughs> We're talking about a hyperactive piece of corporate propaganda in which Spotify saves the world and Sir Patrick Stewart voices a living turd. But real life is just too hard to compete with right now. Not even a gaudy monument to late capitalism that masquerades as children's entertainment a film that bends over backwards to teach your kids that true happiness is always just an app away, can measure up to what's happening off screen. Not even a witless cartoon that unfolds like a PG-rated remake of They Live, as told from the alien's point of view, feels as toxic as glancing at your Twitter feed or, God forbid, turning on the television news. Okay, so yeah, he's against Twitter and he's against um, this movie, so I I disown, I officially disown David Ehrlich of IndieWire. <laughs> Yeah, I just I just thought this review was batshit. The the they live comparison is actually hilarious to me. I mm-hmm. it's, it's like somewhat apt, somewhat just uh, you know, a place to have a name drop basically. Mm-hmm. But I yeah. So, it's interesting. Uh we can unpack that right there. You know, this I think this whole paragraph is just about this film being a piece of corporate propaganda. And to be fair, it it is like it. <laughs> we, can, we can only we can only cloak our hot takes and irony so much. Um, make no mistake that this movie is is meant to indoctrinate children. Yeah, I mean, uh, Candy Crush is yep. in it. Twitter yep. is in it. Dropbox is in it. Spotify uh, that, is in it. That dance game that that they play. Which, oh yeah, Just Dance, which I still don't understand, like what that app is. And we have another passage here to close out this Ehrlich bullshit. Uh, just like that, we're <laughs> just like that, we're transported to the magical land of Textopolis, essentially just a communistic ripoff of Monstropolis from Monsters Inc. To continue in the Pixar thievery, in Textopolis, each emoji is born with one very particular function, and their only purpose in life is to wait for their phone's user to summon them into action. There's no such thing as freedom or upward mobility. Every emoji is simply endowed with the characteristics they represent. The laughing face is always laughing, even when it breaks an arm. The sad face is always sad, even when, it, even when it wins the lottery, and so on. This leads to some very painful gags. The monkey emojis are always monkeying around, and a small handful of amusing puns. The old-fashioned emoticons are elderly citizens, one of whom gripes about his sore colon. So, he's just shitting on all the good stuff in this movie because... Yeah, basically... A, a communistic ripoff of Monstropolis from Monsters, Inc. is an improvement on Monsters, Inc. <laughs> yeah, I I just couldn't believe when he, he used the word communistic yeah, to describe yeah. this film after calling it uh, a stage of la- late capital, a monument to late capitalism mm-hmm. and uh, corporate propaganda. It's like, okay, it's got to be one or the other, dude. Well, I mean, that's just using both of those terms, late capitalism and communistic or communism in a very colloquial non-specific manner that they're kind of thrown up thrown around about right yeah that's true and i mean that's that's film that's modern film criticism i mean to to the extent that this is even modern film criticism let's be honest our reviews criticism folks i don't know we we can have a a larger discussion about that one day but (laughs) oh i I wasn't i wasn't saying that absolves him i was saying that to indict him of using those terms in a very loosey-goosey manner yeah i agree it's just altogether absurd it's fine to be glib about the emoji movie it it is made (laughs) for children we'll allow it (laughs) we'll allow that um in the tribunal of pro con but yeah i just 
I think he had a word count that he had to get to with this mm-hmm. one. And uh, he didn't want to have fun. He didn't want to have fun, people. He's against fun. Uh, I mean, we're kind of against fun here, but we're against fun in the pro-con way. So you have to toe that line. Otherwise, um, we're all about fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, in our own way and the only way. Yeah. The the one thing, the one, the one point that Ehrlich hammers on about that I do agree with, we, we had mentioned before, this movie is a corporate product. Um, it, it is meant to sell the different apps that appear on screen. It is meant to sell um, the concept of using your phone often. You, you can't get around that. But to say that that's like a unique problem, that like a, a problem unique to this film is really myopic, um, especially in light of Jesus yesterday, uh, Disney acquired 20th Century Fox. Right. I mean, let's be honest, every film since, like, I don't know, fucking Star Wars is a commercial for a product at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're going to, you know, go uh, go ham on it there, really. Oh, let's go ham, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, speaking of the Marvel films, I mean, they are functionally just a way to indoctrinate children. Yeah, um, in the Marvel uh, cinematic universe, and as well as Star Wars, and probably every every like sweet sweet spot four quadrant PG thirteen um, release that comes out, hoping to be the next franchise. Um, the sales of merchandise vastly outpace uh, ticket sales, um, and with Marvel, there's another wrinkle to that because the the ticket sales outpace the comic book sales. Um, and both of those are eclipsed by the the merchandise sales, merchandising sales, of course. So, um, I mean, like, I, I don't want to completely say that every single Marvel movie has no artistic value. Um, maybe, maybe Lewis would want to say that, but, but um, no, they, they, they guess they some of them do. We could probably name five. Yeah, maybe five. But um, the my my point is their primary their primary purpose is to sell the Marvel brand is to move is, is to function as movers of the merchandise and, and movers of the the intellectual property um, to people's the forefront of people's minds yeah exactly I think that's key the intellectual property aspect of it I mean think about what Disney is doing to all of its parks I mean basically every park will now have a Marvel section every park will have a Star Wars section it's the experience it's living these characters Um, it is making them at the forefront of your mind at all times and what's especially crazy about uh, I don't know if the Marvel um, sections do this but the Star Wars section in particular um there is like a narrative in star wars land at disney world um and it's unique from the movies and it's unique from like the tv shows or whatever so like if if you want to experience whatever hack narrative that they throw together for like underpaid like disney slaves to play out in front of you you have to go (laughs) to the park you can't like you can't watch it you you have to attend the park which is i don't know that's just that's just mind-boggling to me um yeah Definitely. Marvel, they don't have like a Marvel land yet is my, uh, is my understanding, but I mean, it'll get there They and, will, and they that will, will yeah. happen. So, um, that's to say the emoji movie does this all better. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I'll, I'll meet our, I'll meet our incredulous listeners halfway. I'll say the emoji movie is definitively 
not worse at doing this than the Marvel movies are. Right. And I think it is less shameless about it. Um, this is something we talked about when we watched this film because we yeah. watched it together. Another one, if you're counting folks, mm. I think this is number three. Yeah. Um, yeah, number three. It, uh, yeah, it just doesn't give a fuck. Like, it's just like, yeah, <laughs> we're going to have the Twitter bird. Yeah, we're going to have Spotify and it's going to be cool and we're just not going to give a shit. Yeah, Dropbox is fucking how yep. you get to heaven. Like, yep. that's it. <laughs> yeah. It's, oh my God. It's, um, they, they literally say words aren't cool in this movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it is, it is so shameless that, I, I, I kind of can't even fault it for, for being what it is. At, at least it's more honest about itself than, than Marvel than Marvel is, like, like, yeah. like Lewis said. Yeah, exactly. No, I think like one of the first lines of dialogue, because Gene does a narration in the, in the uh, beginning of the film and then at the end of the film. So there's this only a bookended narration mm-hmm. um, to explain the world and to explain what happens to the world after the narrative of the movie. And he says something like emojis are the greatest invention yeah. of all humanity or something absurd like that. But from his perspective, they would be because it, it, it's his whole world that, that brings a level sense. of verisimilitude to the, to the narrative there. I, I guess, I guess one of the other, one of the other bad knocks I have against this movie is it gave me horrible flashbacks to Veggie Tales. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which I which I watched which I watched way too much of as as a budding Catholic youth. Um just the the kind of the weird floatiness of the animation. Um but as far as I know, there was never an eggplant veggie tail, so they were they were at least prescient and they headed that uh, that uh potential dick joke off. <laughs> yeah, veggie tails it seemed very aware of that kind of stuff. Yeah, and uh before we before we lose this Marvel thread, um just one more I want to get one more barb in against uh, against the evil MCU. Um there's this concept that like superheroes are modern myths, which I, I kind of agree with to an extent, but as uh, some some wonderful uh Twitter uh comment that I retweeted uh said, um that argument doesn't really track completely because one giant conglomerate owns these myths so like i i guess you could take it in the direction like fan fiction is is the act of reclaiming that um fan fiction which i have come around on i used to be anti-fan fiction but now i'm totally for it it's great You, you you could argue that that's kind of the process of reclaiming these myths um where it's relevant to the emoji movie in in my opinion is um emojis are much act as more efficient modern myths than the marvel heroes do because so many more people know what these emojis are and so many more people use them much more often, um, much more consistently. So they have more of a mythic quality to them in, in today's uh, hell world. (laughs) No, I would agree with that uh, wholeheartedly. I think emojis at this point, they're kind of like schema. They're just like in our brain, just imprinted in there. Mm -hmm. Now it's how we see the world. Uh, through emojis to to some extent and yeah i think this film has a more broad-based uh you know understanding from just all walks of life um you know or at least people with smartphones but even people who just have access to the internet i mean emojis Mm -hmm. are on every kind of keyboard nowadays uh it's just every every platform every platform it's it's everywhere um and there's like those, there's emoji toys, 
you know, even before the yep. emoji emoji movie came out, there was like those those big plush poop emojis and stuff. So it's it's everywhere. Yeah, um, stickers, uh, decals, um, commercials are. What, what's weird is I like I wonder who owns the rights to the emojis. Is it? Do you think it's these like, like the 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 phone corporate like the the phone carriers? Like, do they own smile like smiley face? Uh, I don't think it's phone car- carriers. I think it is like graphic design firms, especially the ones who make sure. the different yep. um, types for the different platforms. Because you know, iPhone has different scheme than mm-hmm. uh android does or google's you know so there are yeah. different like there are different looks and i think it's just whatever design firm and they can probably introduce enough tiny variations to make them distinct from a from a legal from a legal standpoint i guess yeah probably i don't know i'm not a fucking lawyer yeah okay we have any, <laughs> we have any lawyers out there <laughs> hit us up copyright laws are bullshit there i said it <laughs> um Hell yeah! One one baller move in the opening of this movie um, after after Gene's little intro is, um, so so there's a kid who owns the phone that Gene lives on. Oh yeah, Alex. Alex, yeah. And when when he's in class, um, the first class that he's shown in in the real world, uh, his teacher's giving a presentation on hieroglyphics, <laughs> which is so perfect for this movie because like. It's just the right amount of middle brow, huh? That's interesting, but it still makes sense and is appropriate for like the whole, the whole conceit of this thing. That it, it, it it's such a good. Like we were cracking up when we saw this. We we didn't stop laughing for like five minutes. Yeah, no, it, it was incredible. Uh, it's big dick energy for sure, <laughs> along with all the insane claims in the beginning of this film about emojis being the best fucking thing so <laughs> as emojis uh, having more intrinsic value than than words like that's <laughs> <laughs> the descendants of hieroglyphics just incredible incredible stuff kudos yeah. to whoever wrote those lines of dialogue um so yeah the the basic plot of this movie is pretty simple gene has ha- always had aspirations of being the next meh emoji of, of like succeeding his father's place i guess um but he has this, I can't put enough air quotes around this, disability where he he can freely change his expression. Um, so he's happy when he's happy, but he's sad when he's sad, and he's mad when he's mad. Um, so, of course, when he's he tries out for the first time to, to be the new meh, and he's chosen as meh, um, he kind of, he kind of, what, what does he display again? It's like three or four emotions at once. It's like... There's like yeah. uh, there's air coming out of his nostrils, like yeah. he's winking, like his face has like, is like X, maybe X's. his tongue out. Yeah, his yeah. X's and his. It's just it's really strange, and the, even like like the kid who sends it, Alex, to the girl he likes, Addie. They're both like, "What is this? What? My phone must be broken." Yeah, Ad, Addie, the, this this Generation Z like girl is is for some reason weirdly offended by this strange emoji. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like she she's really put off by it and. And Alex like treats it like this like meltdown. He's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wipe this phone. And like that's <laughs> of course that's that's the conflict, right? He he wants to get his phone fixed, which means he's gonna get it wiped. Um so that that sets up like this ticking ticking time bomb scenario in the background to uh Gene and uh he Gene wants to get 
reprogrammed by a hacker. Yeah, he actually wants to just become the single meh, uh, meh as opposed to the, the multifaceted uh, emotion uh, emoji that he is. So, yeah, he finds a friend and ally in high five, who is the high five emoji. Uh, There's like this weird hierarchy that the film creates of like the favorite emojis Mm -hmm. who are constantly used uh, by Alex in his phone. Um, it, It creates like this fairly interesting idea that the favorite emojis get to go into this big grid kind of like a hollywood squares basically yeah yeah Uh, and there's like this like this finger robot thing that scans them when alex like picks which emoji he wants to use um fairly interesting world building there but high five hasn't been used in a long time so he's not a favorite he's not on the grid he doesn't get to go into the favorites lounge Mm. um and gene He's actually never worked in this grid thing ever. He's never been able to be the meh emoji. It was his first day on the job when he fucks up, as we just described. Uh, So he meets High Five, and they go on this quest to reprogram him to to find a hacker uh, called Jailbreak who can reprogram him. Yeah, Jailbreak is the Anna Faris character. Um, We come to find out she she used to be a princess emoji, but she hated it. And so she kind of like she became this punk rock like hacker, like badass type. And what what did High Five want to do? Like he, he wants to reprogram himself to be more popular. Yeah, basically, he just wants to become a favorite again. Um, he was he was like a uh, when the when Alex was used to like just use emojis in like email high five was like a popular one there's like a weird subplot where high five finds like an old email of alex's and oh my god yeah he was used but he hasn't been used in a really long time i mean granted i don't think i use the high five emoji i don't even i don't even know what that is it's just like an open hand i guess it's just yeah just an open hand it has like a band-aid on it um yeah i guess to take like like a marxist analysis of analysis of this movie like the, the currency is like their popularity right um and it it's totally a social construct um it it determines like who who has like buying power which which is which i guess is popularity in their world um and it, it's totally a fabrication and um unless you're a member of like the upper upper elite like the smiler emoji who's the boss uh, the poop emoji is another one um, you're subject to like the variances of of capital. Yeah, I think that's accurate. And you know, even just on a more literal interpretation, it's just kind of like social capital. Honestly, mm. you yeah. know, uh, that theory that um, you know you you are the um, the the social your social standing mm-hmm. basically, um, and that you can move that needle with you know stuff like social media and popularity and such. But in the emoji mythos, um, you can't determine that. It's determined for you by the literal hand of fate, by the invisible hand. It's the the oh. the, <laughs> the visible hand of of Alex is what determines your 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 capital, your social capital. Yeah, that's true. So High Five wants to uh, use an uh, an an underground market, a black market solution yes. uh, to the the very uh the very authoritarian market that exists that is alex's hand 
So high five is a class traitor. High five is a class traitor. Oh, of course he is, because he's a hand too. Just like the just like the hand that picks. He, Gord. <laughs> <laughs> that's so obvious. Oh my god. Um, yeah, folks, we thought a lot about this one before we started. I swear. <laughs> we put way, we put we put more thought into this movie than anyone else anyone else has. <laughs> Uh, there, there is a cool scene when Gene and High Five are leaving, um, are leaving Textopolis. Um, they, they like walk past the city limits, and there's just like this infinite expanse, like something straight out of Neuromancer, just like the grid going off on, off and off and off and off into the distance. Um, and High Five steps forward, and then he disappears, and he calls out to Gene like, "Oh, just like take a step forward, like walk through the barrier." And um, when Jean does, he passes through the invisible barrier of Textopolis into the greater grid of, um, they call it the, the, the wallpaper. The wallpaper. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's like the wallpaper is, is the multiverse that contains all the singular universes of Textopolis, of Twitter app, of Facebook app, of, of Instagram app, whatever, whatever et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's a pretty neat little encapsulation of like multiverse like settings i guess like of, of a multiverse setting yeah it's interesting and we're seeing more like multiverse stuff in media nowadays you know the new spider-man animated film that's true spider-man into the spider-verse um you know in comics it's always been popular uh with crisis on infinite earths and everything that dc had done for their large events mm-hmm. since like the 70s um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting to see this as like such a mainstream version of that and to be so corporate. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, yeah. it's bizarre all around, but I, I enjoyed it. I liked the, the, the idea of the wallpaper, the, you know, the between, uh, of the, of the separate worlds, mm-hmm. um, you know, we could even continue with our Marxist analysis and say yes. that, uh, when they go past the barrier, that's like, when you are, when you're a teenager and you read the communist manifesto and then you can go past your own worldview yes. and then you see all these other worlds and worldviews open up you're like oh i can go down to maybe anarcho capital uh, not not that uh, but, <laughs> well i mean you you could but <laughs> you could you go shouldn't. down that one but you shouldn't uh anarcho communism you yeah. know i can go down here to uh maoism i can be a leninist uh, and so on and so forth yeah, um, and this film obviously does none of those things, but <laughs> yes, of course. Um, and th- there were other cool little things, like at, at one point where when um, when Gene and High Five meet up with Jailbreak, and they're they're trying to evade like um, security robots, which are the personifications of um, of antivirus software. They're crawling through the code of of the phone, but they're the way they crawl through it, it's like air ducts are like. Or they have to like shimmy along above like a thin piece of ground above like a huge pit, but it's still all made of code, and um, that was neat. It was it was like a cool, cool uh, representation, um, a cool visualization of these very abstract concepts. Yeah, and it was that scene was like all ones and zeros, and there's one part where they get out of that uh, stream through like this slide, and the slide is all zeros mm-hmm. that yeah. like appear and disappear behind them. I, yeah. I thought that was, that was creative. Yeah, for sure. Um, so once they meet up with jailbreak, she agrees to reprogram both of them, um, on the condition that they can help her escape from the phone. 
by getting into the cloud, which is like heaven um, for the emojis. Uh, and the reason she wants to do this is because Gene's ability to change faces will allow him to give like a bunch of different passwords to the firewall or on the phone, which again, that, the, that like blend of like the mythos created in this movie with the, the plot as it was written is a pretty neat concept. And as the three of them continue through different programs, like they go through Candy Crush, they go through the Let's Dance app, um, they're pursued by those those antivirus security drones uh, who are sent after them by Smiler, who's the antagonist of the film. Um, she's like the she's like the boss of of Textopolis. Yeah, well, she was the original emoji. Mm. She was the Smile emoji. Yep. She's not a legacy emoji <laughs> like Jean. Uh, <laughs> she's she's the one and only. She does not come from parents, unlike Jean, and also these like baby donut emojis, mm-hmm. um, which is proof that emojis fuck. <laughs> Uh, yes. there, there is this, uh, handing down this generational emoji thing, um, which really isn't at all, um, it's not developed, but, uh, she says in the beginning of the film that she is the original emoji, therefore she is the boss of Textopolis. Um, it's, it's very much a corporate structure. Uh, she has the, the monkeys, are at her side because yes. you know like dave or like mentioned monkey business yep. um the poop emoji is also in her inner circle of uh, the board of textopolis i don't know the board of directors <laughs> the bourgeois of text the bourgeois class yeah of the bourgeois class um the the devil emoji is another one of them mm-hmm. um i think, I think but the yes, light bulb or something i don't know yeah, something like that. There were a few other ones uh, in the background. Oh, the gavel emoji, which I don't, I don't understand. I mean, I understand why, but I don't think that's one of the original emojis. I think, but. yeah, I think that was just a sight gag to, to like to show that they were judging Gene. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a fun sight gag, like a lot of the sight gags. Um, but again, it's it's why you know they don't just they don't develop that internal consistency all that well. It's like okay, let's talk about the legacy. <laughs> You know, let's talk about the generational emojis, the legacy emojis, you know, the original emojis. They don't get into that. That's for the sequel, I guess. Unless you consider um, for this one specialized circumstance of judging a misbehaving emoji, they had to bring in like a specialist, like a... That's fair. Yeah, <laughs> which, is, which would be the, the gavel emoji. I don't know. Yeah. All right. I like that. That's sure. um, that's pro-con canon now. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, Smiler... Smiler is a good a good villain. Um, she's very reminiscent of many of many bosses that I've had over my time in, in retail work. Um, ruthless, ruthlessly smiling and cheerful, like middle management, um, like psychopaths who you have to work for. <laughs> like, I'm sure everyone listening to this, everyone listening to this right now has had experience with that kind of boss. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, we could get into our anecdotal experience but that could be another hour or two yes uh but no, no i agree i think she's a, a, a great representation of uh of that uh malevolent slash benevolence of middle management mm-hmm. so the final act of the movie has the three of them uh split up uh high five is deleted uh when they are in the just dance app mm-hmm. the robots come and uh alex 
when he gets annoyed that the Just Dance app is just randomly going off in class. It just wants. He, it just has to dance. <laughs> it just has to dance, folks. Uh, he he deletes the app uh, with the three of them inside. Uh, high five gets stuck in it. He gets deleted to the trash bin. Gene and Jailbreak stay together, and they're just going to head straight to Dropbox. But you know they feel bad for their friend High Five, so they have to go through the Spotify app, which I didn't understand how the Spotify app got them across the phone exactly. I mean, they they explain it. It's you know it's sound waves that they're going through. They're like surfing on these these sound waves and then you know one point it's more like just like a lazy river thing as well i i have a retcon a potential retcon um, <laughs> so with spotify um there are a bunch of songs but it ha- maybe like it has to be it has to have easy access to the trash because you with so many files um many of them would be deleted so it has to have like this quick like funnel or like offshoot to the to the trash app yeah there you go essentially um Again, when we write Emoji Movie <laughs> Two, this shit is gonna be down pat, folks. Like, it it is gonna be the tightest, most controlled script with like an answer <laughs> provided, like within within dialogue by by showing, not telling. We're gonna do it all. This fucking movie. Yeah, the whole fucking shebang, folks. Yeah, they rescue High Five from the trash. Um, and there is a funny little bit where they they lower like a, a rope down to save him and they pull him up and then high fives like oh internet trolls that, I, that i've been in in trash with like a, I, I you you've taught me that like you can grow and change so here have the rope and when they pull it like like he walks away after he throws it down and they pull the rope down and it it falls down and they're stuck there still so <laughs> yeah so the, the, the police the, system like falls on one of their heads and that's just it the trolls are stuck in trash forever the the emoji movie is canonically anti um pepe people it says there. It says it. It, cor- it correctly judges them as irredeemable. <laughs> um, and yeah, and then so they don't get to go to Dropbox Heaven. No, they do not. They should not. Um, so on their way to Dropbox Heaven, um, they're they're chased by like the mega boss of the of the security droids. Um, he he's been like corrupted or something or like upgraded. Yeah, like an illegal upgrade or sorry, illegal upload. I don't know. It's just some like weird chip that she puts in him, and he dry, dry, grows big. He grows big, and and his texture. He kind of looks like a Minecraft like sculpture. Yeah, that's so, true. He gets more pixelated. So this movie is also against Notch, who created Notch. Minecraft. Who's a <laughs> fucking Nazi? Fuck you, Notch. <laughs> Fuck you, Notch. <laughs> the Emoji Movie hates you. <laughs> <laughs> You're the fucking big bad of this movie, asshole. <laughs> I fucking love this movie. <laughs> Um, this movie. <laughs> oh, before we go into that, I want to add one more thing about how this movie is Antifa, and that is in the Just Dance app. The first song that they dance to is "Wake Me Up Before You Go Go" by Wham, and we all know that George Michael was a comrade, mm. so that was a deliberate choice. Hell, that was, yes, it was a shout out to our boy George Michael. This movie was like it's like a sleeper pill for to to inculcate kids not into mindless consumerism but to be antifa super soldiers yeah exactly it is not the red pill of the alt-right it is uh the rainbow the pill red, the rainbow pill oh i'll take that yeah i was just gonna say the communist red pill but let's go with the rainbow pill that's yeah. much better the rainbow pill of uh all-inclusive unity against the forces of capital um hell yeah anyway be gay, do crimes <laughs> yeah <laughs> be gay, do crimes. anyway um 
they evade and they escape from the the mega robot and they make it to Dropbox Heaven. And again, every goddamn depiction of an app in this movie is great because Dropbox is like a hyperspace docking port to reach the the infinite hyperspace stream of the cloud. Right. Yeah, it connects to the cloud. So I guess we should say Dropbox is like purgatory with uh, uh, an on-ramp or an off-ramp to yeah. to heaven that is yeah, that's good. iCloud or just the cloud, I guess. Dropbox, um, Dropbox is the ziggurat you must ascend to <laughs> commune with commune with the infinite. Hell fucking yeah. But I, I thought the the overall design of Dropbox was cool. It was kind of it was I mean it was a box and then they got into this little like roller coaster and then it just dropped. Yeah, either. Yes. I mean, you know, simple yep. simplicity. Mm-hmm. Uh and then iCloud Heaven is yeah, just kind of like a techno futuristic utopia kind of you know, thing. Yeah. Utopia somewhat, you know, religious but also secular at the same time. Jailbreak is about to reprogram Gene. Yes. But then Gene is like, hey, you seem cool. Let's date. I don't know. I guess that's like, I love you is what he was going to say to her. Yeah. He was... I, I don't Emojis can fuck. We've already established <laughs> that. So, I mean, uh, I guess they can have relationships. And then Jailbreak turns him down. Well, she's like scared because she, she doesn't want to stay in Textopolis and Alex's phone. Like, like she... To, to be with Jean, she would have to like give up her her dream of like living in the cloud. It it's kind of presented as like she kind of wants to say yes, but she hesitates. So Jean takes that takes that as a, a rejection and walks away. I think. Yeah, I think that's accurate. Um, it was yeah, it was just uh, probably one of the more muddled kind of yeah. um, plot beats. But uh, overall, you know, I think uh, somewhat uh, we could say that's a uh a positive uh more positive uh plot beat as well you know it's she wants to go on live her life as opposed to shacking up with a felson shacking up with a felson that's right he is our felson of this episode him and high five i would say high five is also and and alex too kind of to a degree he just he's like oh i I like this girl but i sent her a dumb emoji my (laughs) app is is playing in class He also has uh, her name, Addy, as the password for the firewall in his computer. Which is such a fail-son move, let me tell you. (laughs) What a fucking incel asshole creep. Yeah, that's that, yeah. The reality is, uh, Alex. No matter the Antifa programming of his phone, is most likely an incel. He'll learn. He'll he'll learn. Hopefully, he'll learn. He can maybe become Valsel, but I don't think <laughs> he'll become an Antifa super soldier any day soon. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, so yeah, when when Gene is, he took the rejection or the, the presumed pre- rejection too hard. Uh, he is captured by the the Notch uh, robot, which had followed them to Utopia, and drags him back to Textopolis for like to be summarily executed or something. Um, and so High Five and Jailbreak decide to go save him. And, and this blew my mind. Like the way they save him, uh, or the, the way they, they go travel back to Textopolis, um, it had been established previously that princess emojis can can command animal emojis. Like they can, they can command animals. Like 
like, oh, it's like a Snow White thing. They can sing along and birds will come to them and, and little critters will frolic and everything. And so Jailbreak, as a lapsed princess emoji, uh, whistles and summons the giant Twitter bird avatar to come <laughs> yes. to, to come and transport them like like some kind of like Gwahir the Windlord thing from Lord of the Rings. Um, but like th- the use of like this anthropomorphic personification of like a societal level concept to these beings, it kind of, it, this part kind of blew my mind because it, it's like techno animism in like a very like cynical postmodern way, but it, it is. And um, it, it's a literal Deu Ex Machina. Well, kind of, they set it up a little bit, but it's a, de- it's, it's a, it's a spirit God from the machine that comes down and swoops down and, and ferries them home. Um, yeah, like it, I, I don't think whoever wrote that part knew what they were writing, but, but I <laughs> no, sure as hell did. Hell they did. Yeah, no, they didn't. Um, yeah, but I agree. I think it's, uh, it's a perfect example of how this film is basically like our 21st century version of like a comparative mythology, mm-hmm. you know, yep. like as we were saying earlier, a lot of people would say that the MCU or, you know, DC or any superheroes are some kind of mythology, which, you know, again, we can argue that um, for days on end. But I think this this accurately uh, portrays some kind of, you know, cosmology, mm-hmm. uh, some kind of, uh, yeah, it's just its own, its own, like, religion and society uh, that has just yeah it's so multifaceted and crucially um in this mythology uh the audience is part of it because the the concept is this is what happens inside your phone that you carry around with you um i mean i I guess you could say in like a marvel movie you could actually no because in a marvel movie it takes place in a world that is not ours it resembles ours um but you you by by virtue of these godlike beings existing, they, they would have such an influence on the world that the world is alien to what we experience. Whereas the emoji movies real world, like the world of Alex and Addie, it is our world. So the, the mythology is much more personal and therefore more tangible in the emoji movie than in Marvel. Yeah, no, that's, that's true. I think um, that is incredibly profound and <laughs> uh is evidence that yeah this uh this movie is a religious text basically it is the, uh, it is the phone is a the phone is a shrine where you can commune yes. with uh with the, our our maker basically or we are the maker i don't know both everything it's all mixed together well if you factor in like transhumanist thought of like oh once the singularity gets here our electronic children will be our gods. So it kind of completes that loop. So yeah, you could say in a sense that we're, we're looking at the, the, fo- the fomentation, the fomenting primordial guts of our maker in the phone. Wow. You know, <laughs> before we started recording, we didn't think we were going to go here, but I'm glad we did. <laughs> this is incredible. I am very glad we got to this point. <laughs> um Please see this movie. I know we usually say don't see these movies. We have only recommended maybe one or two of these. Mm-hmm. Go out and watch the Emoji movie. If you have Netflix, it's there. 
It'll be there forever, I'm sure. Get just some, watch it. Get some ayahuasca and watch this movie. It's just <laughs> go on a go on a go on an emoji journey. Hell yeah. Um but yeah, at the end of the movie, the hierarchical world of Textopolis has uh been quashed. A they now live in a non hierarchical world. Uh, everybody is uh considered a, a favorite emoji. There is no favorites lounge. Well, how does that happen though? We have to just we have to explain like how how Gene saves the universe. Oh yeah, that's right. So when they go back to Texopolis, Gene, uh, in an effort to stop the deletion of all the data on Alex's phone, uh, they're they're able to send one last text yep. to Gene while he's at the Genius Bar, basically at an app, Apple Store. Yep. Um, Gene gets scanned by the hand scanner as everybody else is being deleted around him. I mean, literally, everybody's just being wiped off Apocalypse. the face of it existence. Is. Yeah, it's it's really incredible. Uh, it's it's much more uh, gut wrenching than the Thanos snap. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it really is because oh my god, it, this movie's fucking brilliant. I'm just gonna say. <laughs> But yeah, so they're scanning uh, they're scanning Gene as he is making every possible emotion he can. It, it basically just sends like a moving emojis. You could even say like a, a gif, basically. Yeah, and and wouldn't you know it, Addie is also in the Genius Bar with Alex. Um, and when she gets the Gene emoji, she like cracks up and like flashes a cute little smile. And Alex sees it, of course. He's like, wait. I'm going to I'm going to maintain the integrity of my phone. Like <laughs> I want this like glitch software on my phone so I can send it to this girl who like who who I don't even know if that's what she's looking at from across the room. This part kind of breaks down <laughs> a little bit. But it works and um and in Jean's Jean's uh flawed flawed nature is what saves the universe. Yep. Hell yeah. Uh, Smiler gets defeated at this point. Her mm-hmm. uh, her Minecraft notch uh, robot like falls on her. And uh, later we find that she's actually uh, consigned to the, the loser lounge. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and she has braces and broken teeth. It's, it's funny. She is. Yeah. And er- earlier the loser lounge has been established as a place where the non-favorite emojis like high five like the christmas tree like the cactus like the eggplant go when you know alex has no interest in using them anymore. and that proves that alex is incel because if he was fucking he would be sending that eggplant every day <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, he's, yeah that's that's canon now as well yeah. <laughs> um but yeah so yeah like the ending posits that hey, all the emojis can can be used. Uh, I, I guess this kind of like this movie paints a techno, like a, a techno futurist, transhumanist, like utopian vision. Because if all emojis are indeed equal, that implies that they have some agency over which ones are sent. But if Alex is the one who sends them, that means he's keyed into which emojis want to be sent. So he's either mm. communicating on a spiritual, like, immaterial level with these emojis, and he's keyed into their desires, or the emojis have some, like, influence over his actions. Either way, it's canonical that they transcend to a mutual transhumanist um, synthesized being. 
Yeah. So <laughs> this film is an anarcho pagan communist transhumanist film. Yeah. Um, all of those themes are touched upon um, implicitly and we were just your spirit guides on the way to realizing that <laughs> through through the through the medium of a of a podcast over the internet no less and you know there are uh other uh vessels who helped us get here uh <laughs> those being uh workers of note yep. now for an animated film it's it's tough i would say Very. we could just do a blanket you know, kudos to all the animators, right? I mean, it takes a lot of work to do animation, even computer animation. Um, but uh, I will say, I guess, you know, in that similar vein, we can highlight uh, two individuals who had a hand in, in the animation and the design aspect. So um, production design was done by Carlos Zaragoza and art direction was done by Ryan L. Carlson. Right. Yeah. And um, as Lewis said, a, a kind of more generic, basic blanket shout out to every no doubt underpaid uh, animator who contributed to a number of really interesting and funny uh, background sight gags with all the crazy emojis interacting. It was it was fun and it was professionally done. Uh, so, Lewis, who would you recommend uh, the emoji film to? <laughs> Actually, yeah, break, break it down. Do the broke, woke, bespoke. <laughs> Our, uh, our broke recommendation is for those who see this film as a harbinger of late stage capitalism. Uh, yeah. If, if when you heard this film was being brought into existence, uh, when you saw the trailers for it, when you first saw the uh, very um, strange and bizarre uh, first uh images of the the emoji the depiction of emojis if your first thought was oh my god this is it this is the beginning of late stage capitalism then yeah this film is for you and accordingly our our woke recommendation is for um any hack asshole that wants to make it big as a youtuber who just wants to score an easy win on like a on like one of those one of those shitty cinema skin like oh the, what what are so bad about this movie or one of those like you know red litter media pale imitators that are like this movie is so shitty and like you're an idiot if you like it and only morons just eat this slop blah 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 <laughs> god like I can, I can i can still stand red litter media to an extent but um just stop trying to everyone should stop trying to chase their coattails yeah be like us, shakes our coattails, yeah. and say nice things about shitty movies. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, we're the we're the ones that we're, we're the next internet sensation. Where we, we we defended the honor of the emoji movie. That's a that's a pretty good it's a pretty good piece. Which I should say has a seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> that is the lowest one. We are the seven percent. So we are we are the, <laughs> we are seven percenters. Well, no, aren't we the ninety three percent then? No, because 93% hate it. Oh, 93 Yeah, okay. All right, folks. We're the elite. Uh, that was uh, the episode 14 of uh, ProCon. No, Bye. one last, one last <laughs> thing. <I'm> <laughs> one last thing. Uh, bespoke. Who's, who's, the, who's the bespoke audience for the Emoji movie? 
uh, communists. It's for yeah. communists. Yeah. This this film is communism, folks. Uh, like we said, it is anarcho primitive, pagan, communistic techno trans futurist, transhumanist. Yeah, transhumanist. Future, yeah, future future egalitarianist. Whatever. Ed. Whatever else yep. you want to add to it. That this movie. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever Ed, you want to add to this word salad. That's what this film is. It's uh yeah it's it's a leftist masterpiece it is <laughs> better than uh sorry to bother you <laughs> <laughs> i won't say that i will say this movie is I, I take that back folks i really don't think it is <laughs> <laughs> sorry to bother you sorry to bother you is a great film everyone go see it um but yeah th- this movie has layers it has it has a lot of resonance and um on that note uh signing off See you next time. See you next time, folks. Skull emoji. Skull emoji. <laughs> skull emoji. Poop emoji.